0: Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about confidence.
1: Confidence. Uh, I'm sorry. I apologize in advance for this joke, but I'm very confident that this episode will be really good. Nice. Uh,
0: And we're going to be talking today about what you wear, how you talk. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) That confidence is a great topic for advisors. I think by nature of the business we're in, we're business owners, we're doing hard things that... My experience with advisors, if I was to ask them in any general setting, yeah, if they were confident, I would get a quick yes.
1: In a general that the nuance of that in a general setting,
0: that's right. What's amazing about our ability to work with advisors, coach advisors, just that opportunity we have, is that it doesn't take long for that to fall apart. Meaning they're not playing from a confident position; they are taking risk but not necessarily confident they're going to be successful, confident in what comes next, confident to ask for feedback, all these areas that like really start revealing, like, wow, I'm actually not that confident.
1: One of the reasons that when we talk to advisors, they communicate a lack of confidence in something is because they are developing into a new area, mm-hmm. which is kind of exciting where they're humble enough to say, yeah. man, I'm not confident in that. Help me out. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I bought the program. That's why I'm in the community. That's why I listen to the podcast is I want to get better at that. Um, And we have some questions at the end, which I'll explain uh, a little bit later, uh, that will help you measure your confidence in some areas. Uh, But confidence is, I I think it's a pretty nuanced, um, it's a nuanced topic, but there are some things that are very true about it. And one of them is that to become an elite advisor, you have to have confidence. So what's been your experience beyond, um, so you say in the public eye, yes. You have to sort of do that when you sort of at the company meeting or whatever. Yeah. But when you get down below, there, there's, a, there's a lack of it. How do you feel like that's affecting advisors and their 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 growth track?
0: I believe it stalls them out. I, I believe, even if they can't articulate it, that most advisors think confidence is a fixed thing. If I meet an advisor that... You know, they, their family owned a practice that they got to step into. So they saw success. Yeah, They were an athlete in college. And so that, you know, some way they just have confidence in them. And then everybody else, it's, I'm just not confident. You know, I'm going to work hard and try my best, but like, I'm going to hesitate when I ask for a fee. When I'm with a client, I don't exude confidence yeah. to where, wow, I, they just want to follow me. So today I want to help. And over the next two episodes, help you really identify in my confidence. And that doesn't mean it's all or nothing, but am I less confident than I believe I am, which I would say is true for most of us? Okay, now that that's revealed, what do I do to kind of build my confidence up?
1: I want to frame uh, the conversation we're going to have about confidence in future episodes, because this is a topic we're going to touch on many times, but specifically in the next two episodes, uh, around a story that I read in a book called The Icarus Deception by a gentleman named Seth Godin, G-O-D-I-N. And the story goes, the the story that we all learned, if anybody knows about Icarus, it's a story about overconfidence, it's about pride. And and this is why I love this book specifically, The Icarus Deception, is there is a deception around the story of Icarus, and that we usually only learned half of the story. And so, the story goes that Icarus is banished to an island with his father, and his father was uh, really good at building things, and so he fashions, builds these wings made out of wax and feathers for his son. And his son is going to take that, put them on, and then fly away from the island and escape their banishment. And the story goes that his father says, "Icarus, don't fly too high. Don't get overconfident, because if you get too close to the sun, your wings will melt and you will crash." And the story is that that's what he did. The reality of the story is the other part of the story is he says, but don't fly too low because the, the water will, as it mixes up and, and splashes on you, will weigh down your wings and you'll crash there too. So there's two ways to crash. Too high, certainly. We don't wanna encourage anyone to be overconfident, to be prideful. I can do no wrong, right? I'm gonna be reckless. And we also, and I think this is um, a very clear reality of a lot of people who are listening is, don't be underconfident because You'll, you'll that'll, that'll sink you as well. Um, so I think that it, it, that's we want to frame the conversation is we're not telling you to go so high and you can do no wrong and be reckless. You can't do that. But also don't go too low. Um,
0: yeah, that's a great story. It reveals a lot because it is true in my even personal journey, which I'll talk about in a little bit, was the underconfidence, trying to overcompensate and fake it to then at some point getting overconfident To where people didn't really want to work or be around me, to then finding this sweet spot. So for me, that's something I had to learn the hard way was you know, there is this balance you have to strike and you always have to live in that tension to try to stay in that spot.
1: Yeah.
0: And kind of the final point. So one, confidence is required to be an elite advisor. Yeah. Two, there is a sweet spot you have to find and fight to stay in. And three, it's built. Like if we need to truly know that this is a muscle we can flex and grow, that it wasn't assigned at birth or based on where we grew up or the people we know, like this is something you can
1: affect. And I think about, you know, think of very famous millionaires and they're, they've, Grown in their confidence, they're more confident now. But it's not—they're not confident because their parents told them they were great, or because they did great things by the age of twenty-five or whatever. They're confident because they—they they grew their confidence, they built up their confidence, just like many of them built up their company. Yep. So, if you have that mentality, it's like—it's doable. But you have to build it. So, we're going to talk about some of the ways that you build that. I want to tie in our conversation about confidence today to uh, to our other teaching about superpowers. Yeah. Because superpowers, that's episodes 25 and 26, you have to have a superpower to be an elite advisor. and the same way, you have to have confidence to have superpower. Uh, those are tied together. And so, um, again, superpowers, just to revisit that, if you haven't listened to that episode before you go back, those are something that you're better than 80% of advisors at. Those are things like rainmaking, prospecting, uh, being really, really good at the technical parts of the business. Uh, running a meeting, marketing, or having uh, connections, relationships with COIs and and really utilizing them well. Those are just some of the superpowers. Mm -hmm. But you have to have confidence in order to go then have that superpower. So it's it's also tied into that.
0: Yeah. And there's a lot of generalists in our business. And and you can be a generalist and make a decent living and add value to people. And most of the clients you probably meet happen to be referred by somebody or you know them from church or kids school or you just happen to trip upon a prospect and you catch them at the right time and you get their business like that is the average path to have a superpower to where you are so confident you've built it that if if asked you would say i'm i'm better than most at this thing Mm -hmm. it takes work and it's something that you probably are not confident with initially and you build upon it to where it becomes a superpower and that just means you have a high level of confidence in that skill
1: one of the things that, as we were preparing for the episode, you said to me, I, "This this is really deep." Is that our clients want us to be confident mm-hmm. because they rely on us to chart a path for them that deals with, you know, beyond life, their their most precious resource, their finances, yep. right? So that's the other part of you owe it to your clients. I think you said this. You owe it to your clients to have strong, strong deep confidence that's right. because that's why they want to work with you yeah right
0: yeah i look back at my career early on and this happened enough and it didn't just happen once where i'd be in a meeting and someone would ask me a question I'm like oh it's kind of what do you think like what's your feeling about it and, and they would eventually say that's why i'm paying you like i need you to tell me what to do what would you do and because my confidence was lagging early on i just i couldn't quite break over into this stage where i am now where I look at something, I'm like, well, there's a few options, but if I were you, this is what I would do.
1: And I, I'm, I'm guessing that that may have come from a place of, I don't want to offend you or I want to please you. It's like, hey, I don't want to pressure you. In reality, you know, I, I don't want to get on a plane with a pilot and I'm like, you know, how are you feeling? He's like, I don't know, man. 50 <laughs> 50. You know, like, no, I want them to be like, I got this. You That's know, right, yeah. I'll, I'll take care of you and your family okay, thank you. I will now sit down and put on my seatbelt and have some snacks. Yep. So it, you have to have it because they're relying on you um, because you're, you're ch- again, you're setting out a destination and you're saying, follow me. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's, again, also the difference between transactional mm-hmm. uh, advisor and a planning, a true planning advisor yep. is you're saying, because it's easier, it's, it's just easier, it's simpler to say transaction done versus I have some confidence not just in the product but in me as a person. Mm-hmm. I'm the product, the advisor. Follow me. That's right, and, and, and walk with me um, through all these different areas of your finances. So yeah. I think it requires a deeper confidence.
0: I agree. And I think there's borrowed confidence in that, like for example, a junior advisor that joins our team, I believe they're more confident sitting down with a complicated prospect because they know what's behind them. They know that Sten can come to the next meeting. Oh, okay. They yeah. know that we have a director of planning that's seen a lot. Like the confidence can come from more places than like, I've had enough reps or I have all the knowledge myself but you need to be able to be successful and be a lead in this business. You have to be in front of a prospect or somewhere and be like, you are better off because you're with me. Right. Because we are on the team. I, I haven't solved all your problems yet, but I know if you have them, you need us. Right. And that's where we get to. And what's amazing is when I needed the business the most was when I was young, didn't have confidence, and they s- smelled it. You know, They were like, eh, there was some hesitation to where now it's like you know, we have more clients than we can handle. We try to work with ideal clients. Yet we get more people wanting to work with us because it's like, no, they know what they're doing. Yeah, And the good news is is I could have had that sooner. And some would say I have it sooner than most. But like you can accelerate the timeline to get to the place where you're like, you need me on the team and I'm good at solving problems.
1: And this is an encouragement, especially for these two groups. If you're older and you're like, I know a lot. Okay, then lean into that confidence because you do know a lot. We, we have a, a lot of conversations with our advisors in our communities, take our programs, and and they're f- so frustrated because they're like, I have such a deep confidence in my knowledge, mm-hmm. but I don't get paid for it. That's right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and then there's, and this is the encouragement if you're younger, I was talking to some, uh, I wasn't going to say an advisor, but he's, this kid is still in college. Uh, I'm old enough to call him a kid. <laughs> uh, this kid's still in college and he's so excited, but he's also, and in, he in, listened to the podcast. And he's like, you know, I, I don't know if I should, his question was, should I take the planning program before I'm even in the business? Mm-hmm. And, and, but what's cool about that is I, I, he was like looking at himself saying, I want to be confident in planning in his first year. Mm-hmm. He's not going to wait 10 years. He's not going to, he wants to be on that elite path of like, I'm going to solve problems at age 22. Yep. I don't have to be 34, 44, 64 to solve problems for people. That's right. right. So I love, I love that confidence. So, You explained to me that advisors have to be confident in in some specific areas. And the first one is their knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, As I mentioned earlier, a confused mind says no. uh, And you can't can't really sell things that people don't understand. Um, So how can an advisor measure I have enough knowledge that I should be confident? So for me, it was study. It was a CFP,
0: CHFC. It was how many conferences can I go to? How many? You
1: think those things still matter?
0: I think even if the only byproduct is that I walk into a room and I have a higher level of confidence that I know more than most people in there. Yeah. Okay. And that's what it served for me. When I was 24 in this business, but I had my CFP, I got my CFP before I could even tell people I had it because I hadn't reached the work experience requirement yet. Dang. But just getting it was like, I know more now. Like, my I, I, there's a different, you know… Posture in my walk when I walk into a room, I'm not like, could they expose me? Like they're 20 years older than me. Do they know more than me? Like I needed the knowledge boost in order just to, to infuse some confidence into it because I couldn't get older faster. I couldn't get more <laughs> reps faster overnight, but I could sit down and read a book and study and, and learn a lot more.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if that's a coffee mug or a t-shirt or a pillow, but it's like you can't get older faster, but you can get smarter faster. Yes, right. There you, go. You, you can get more experience faster by putting yourself in those situations. Yep. So the first one is the knowledge. Um, the second is and it, you, know, you touched on it a little bit, but it's your ability and confidence to solve problems. Um, so how do you get more confidence? And, and again, I talk to a lot of advisors who're like, I, "I'm confident that I know this stuff." Mm-hmm. They're not as confident in their ability to apply it mm-hmm. to solve a problem. Uh, or I guess I should say in like a financial planning sense. They're like, yep. I'm just used to saying I have a product. Here's that. How do you get better at problem solving as an advisor?
0: Reps is one, but that takes time. Depending on how many prospects are you meeting and what frequency, like that could vary for all of us. The other is borrowing it. Like I say, with our team, like an advisor tomorrow could come in here, graduate college, and all of a sudden – 6 months later i bet could sit in front of a business owner making 5 million bucks a year and say you need to meet with our team. Yeah. So he, he he or she wouldn't be confident in their ability to solve it or their reps they've had yet but they are are borrowing or latching on to somebody else to say through me you are going to get access to a valuable resource.
1: You know the analogy we share i think when you had originally built the uh, out to charge for advice program I, I think if you use the analogy of a general contractor or a quarterback but the idea that, you know, things go through you, but they're not all up to you. Right. And I think that if, if you're, you have to have confidence in your knowledge, your ability to solve problems, it doesn't mean that you have to solve the problem as in you're going you're to be a part of that right. problem being solved. And there is tremendous value in that. My dad, for a while, he was out of work um, kind of later in life and was kind of wandering around, didn't know what he wanted to do. And he's always kind of volunteered at the fire department, stuff like that. And he's like, I want to work at nine one one. I'm like, that is a weird <laughs> job that you'd want to work at. But he worked at 911 and he loved it because every call, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have the stomach for it, but like every call, I was like, Dad, what do you like it? He's like, I, I help people all day. No one calls and says I'm good, <laughs> yeah, right? Everybody calls and says I have a problem. And I think that's a healthy posture to say everybody who sits in front of you has a problem. Mm. It's just your job to kind of dig that out and say I'm going to be a part of a problem. But my dad didn't go, okay, I'll be over there to put out the fire. Mm-hmm. Right, he called the ambulance, he called the fire, whatever, the yeah. police, That's he was great. a dispatcher. And I think that, but is he valuable? Absolutely. He oh, was yes. the first person they made contact with. So I, I encourage you listening or watching on YouTube, like recognize that you don't have to solve the problem, you have to be part of the problem being solved. Yeah. I right? think like, there's a measure of humility that some advisors need to kind of check themselves and say like, it doesn't have to be about me. Like yeah. I can I can facilitate this process.
0: And if you are confident in your ability to solve problems, yet you still feel hesitation or pause, it could be that you're trying to solve a problem that's not there. You may be trying to take a product and force it into somewhere. And I had to release that early on where I'm like, yeah, I need to sell some insurance policies when I was 24 getting into the business. But if it's not the right fit, like that's going to, that's not going to feel good. And and the flow is much better when it's like, oh, here's what I have to offer. Oh, you have that problem. Let me fill that for you because I'm so good at that. And over time, what that means is you actually start being more specific about the clients you serve. I know if a business owner comes and works with our practice, we will crush it. Mm-hmm. But if I try to find somebody that's like, oh, they don't quite own a business and their W2 income and there's not a lot there. And then we charge them the same fee. We charge a business owner, but yeah. we can deliver a 10th of the value. There's going to be some, some lack. My confidence is going to drop because yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to force this thing. Yeah. So, so I think that's a big thing for advisors too. It's like, who do you serve? Well, what is your key value add? and make sure that it fits because your confidence will
1: follow. So the last part of uh, the other thing you have to be confident as an advisor is in your systems and your outcomes. You have to believe that they're better for, and I think you just touched on this, like you are better off sitting in our office sitting across from me being a part of our, our system, our family yep. than others. And, and that comes from reps, but also it's like systems, That's right. systems. Some of the advisors we work with you know, in the first the first module of uh, the the program is mindset. It's like you have to be in a mindset that you can solve these problems. Yep. Um, and then once you're in that, um, and, you, and you put good systems in place, it's you know, n- you know, the car company doesn't freak out when they get a new order for a car. <laughs> Why? Because they're like, we just we have a system for cars. producing that it car, made. right? We make cars, right? But that comes with reps.
0: Yeah, you actually get excited. Yeah. And I love how I think you've illustrated the point, like the difference between.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> thank you for bringing that up. So again, this is we're in such a blessed position to to talk with. We just actually just had a call with our community just right before this, to just experience such a scope, a, a wide array of advisors, um, but all are really they just have servant hearts. They want to help people. But we hear this, we hear this this tone from them, and half of them are really excited, half of them are really nervous. And this is something that I've I've I learned from others, and also I get I get to use it in, in sports situations, but also we talk about it with our advisors. Is the difference between nervous and excited is preparation, mm-hmm. but the it all they almost feel exactly the same. And so the other day, my daughter was giving a speech. getting ready to give a speech, and I said, "Are, are you? How do you feel?" She said, "I'm nervous," and I was like, "Well, I, you prepared. I've heard you give the speech. You're gonna. Are you unprepared?" She said, "No." I said, "Well, then you're excited." And and I think you have to understand that when you prepare, that you should feel excited. It, they, they literally almost register the same, like in the brain, like what is that person feeling? But the difference is preparation. Yep. And so we want you to be excited about Charging for your advice, yeah. not She's in your control.
0: And I think that's the core point of this: is that so many of these things are in your control. Yeah, uh, who you network with to have knowledge behind you, who you add to your team to bulk your confidence up, uh, the way you study before a meeting so that you're prepared. How much you charge? How much
1: you charge? You yeah. have complete control over yeah. that.
0: It's not a practice was handed to me. I make enough money so I don't really care if I get this client or not. Like, while those things are factors, like the core of confidence is it is a muscle that can be built if you work at it.
1: So let's talk about um, some of, like, just talk about your confidence journey a little bit more.
0: Yeah. Mine was, again, I was, you know, single mom, three sisters, like, good things don't happen to people like us. Um, People don't want you on the team. You know, so I had so much head trash around, like, my value was derived from my last accomplishment. And so you get into a business where you're serving people, I mean, your confidence is rocked all the time. You're like if this person says no, that's actually they're saying no to me as a person. Yeah, and so me coming into business, being in sports, I was like, okay, I have to posture up. So my confidence was was fake it till you make it to the you know tenth degree. I was like, man, I'll get in here. I'll try to force it. And yeah, I got some uh, some clients and some reps from it. Just like anybody that was working hard in this business will get. But it took me doing more personal work to realize, for the right client, I am valuable. I'm not just as good as my next accomplishment. And slowly over time, I started getting some steam in the business. The unfortunate thing as I look back and I try to have grace on the you know, 26-year-old version of Sten is that I started getting some big wins and mm-hmm. noticed. And the natural confidence started coming, but it went too far. And I, I remember a specific meeting. I was sitting in there with this firm that wanted me to move my book of business over and I went in there and pretty much said like, "Hey, we're just looking for whoever's going to make the best offer for us. We know we have a lot to bring." And he, I could—he's probably 15 years older than me. And we ended up kind of working something out. Didn't kind of fully go over there long term at all. But later on, he told me I was like, "Man, you lack humility." And what I didn't realize is they didn't need me. Like they were fine without me. Right. They wanted to work with somebody they enjoyed being around. Yeah. And so, trying to find the sweet spot for me is I was head trash all the way to like, man, this guy's overconfident and cocky and just not that pleasurable to be around, to I'd rather be the person that walks in a room that like the silent confidence. Yeah. And I've done this at some conferences. I'll be the main stage speaker. I'll go in early and sit at some table with people and just sit there talking to them, learning about their business. Yeah. And then later they see me walk on stage and they're like, wait, wait, who's that guy? You know, that I think there's a a sweet spot to find to where it's like, man, you are confident in your ability to deliver, but you don't need to tell anybody about it. Yeah. You don't need to force it on anybody else, and and that's the the struggle I've had to have in my journey. And so for advisors, build your confidence. There's a direct correlation between your ability to convert prospects and, and put yourself out there. But know that when it starts working, don't let it go too far. Like what got you there was say hey, that there, there needs to be some humility sprinkled into this.
1: Yeah, I want to just add a few words to sort of over and under confident, but and and then we'll we'll we've got kind of a, a bonus section that we're going to do here at the end. But but one of the things that if you 're feeling either afraid or hesitant or uptight that's that 's a lack of confidence it 's underconfident if you feel um excessively or unreasonably confident in all situations <laughs> yes. um, you know and I think that you know i think there, there's there's something about the successful man or or woman that it 's like i i 'm confident in most situations I'm, I think that 's healthy but it 's like if you're if you're confident in all situations mm-hmm you're probably overconfident like to check yourself like you're yeah. you're not an expert because you've been there for 10 minutes That's right. and you found a problem right yeah. so i'm confident again as i said in the beginning that this would help uh, folks measure and understand the role of confidence and hopefully find control and understand like you had mentioned really specifically this is this can be built right this this can be built up over time and fairly quickly there's a 15-year, I've been doing this for 15 years' confidence, and then there's, I've only been doing this for two or three years, but I've been really focused on it, and th- that's why I'm confident that's on right. it, right? So we're going to actually share some questions to measure your confidence, and then you can just take these, we're going to read them, and then you can just take them and, and ask yourself these questions. But we're also going to create a separate video where Stan and I talk through these. Uh, so just go to our YouTube channel, we'll put a link in the show notes, whether you're watching this on YouTube. Scroll the next video if you're listening to us. Then look in the notes of the podcast, whatever podcast player you're listening to. Uh, and we're going to go through and, and answer why and how do these questions accurately measure your confidence? Uh, and some of them are kind of trick questions, which sure. I think is fun. So here are the questions that you should ask yourself to measure your confidence. Uh, and then we'll wrap up Are clients better off when I'm involved versus a different advisor? Uh, am I fully aware of what I need to work on to become an elite advisor? How do I feel when a client asks me about a topic that I don't have a deep knowledge of, or how do I react to that? Uh, when's the last time that I invested over twenty five hundred dollars to level myself up, uh, and what would the next hire be for my team? So the, we're going to uh, dive into those questions uh, in a separate video. Um, but in, good question. Any self
0: reflection, and hopefully this. Our goal is to help you identify where you are in the confidence scale because this has to be focused on. Like if this is a deficiency, which it is all for all of us in some level, it should be part of, and now we're towards the end of the year, your strategic planning, there should be a section of that saying, okay, how do I level myself up? And in turn, my confidence will go up.
1: Yeah, and our experience with advisors is that we find a lot, we we have a lot of conversations with advisors and they don't lack skill. They don't lack systems. They don't lack capital. They lack confidence. And without that, you just can't become an only advisor. Well, thanks again for listening to today's episode on understanding the role of confidence as an advisor. To hear our commentary on the five questions we mentioned at the end of the episode, just visit our YouTube channel at StenMorgan.com slash YouTube. That's StenMorgan.com slash YouTube. And those questions will be posted on our channel right after this episode, number 36. And the video is entitled Five Questions to Measure Your Confidence. And I have one more question for you. Do you want to increase your company's revenue by developing a financial planning business or improving your existing planning business? Well, if the answer is yes, and it probably is, then I want you to join us in Nashville in January for our How to Charge Live event. This event will pay for itself in one planning client, and you're going to get a lot more than one planning client after you learn this system. So to learn more about that event, go to StenMorgan.com slash HowToLive. That's StenMorgan.com slash HowToLive. All the links that I mentioned are in our show notes. And as always, thanks for listening. We appreciate you.